Hi, I'm Amon Bathija with the Texas Tribune. Some of you Tribcast listeners may have noticed something new in your feed yesterday, a short update on the special session from my colleague Alana Rocha. These bite-sized daily audio updates are a precursor to the Trib showing up more often and in more places, including Amazon Alexa and your favorite podcasting app. Let us know what you think at Tribcast at texastribune.org. Today's Tribcast is presented by GSDNM. How Texas organizations are fighting for equality and opposing a bathroom bill. Learn more about hashtag IP with LGBT and join the cause. And Old Castle Materials. We are the people building Texas. Learn more at oldcastlematerials.com. Texas talking about what was that that you said? Texas talking about gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking Tell me who can you trust? Hi everyone, this is Representative Kevin Roberts. I am happy to be back in Austin working hard for my neighbors in House District 126. I just missed the cooler weather in Houston. And now, here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Amon Bathija substituting for Emily Ramshaw. On, here on the first Wednesday of August with your Texas Tribune Tribcast, our weekly podcast about the biggest stories in Texas politics. I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith. I want to apologize if I had known that you were going to do the podcast today, I would have gotten the <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci <laughs> intro, which we would not have bleeped out. <laughs> now I want to know what he would have said about me. <laughs> I, I could think of a few things, actually. <laughs> Uh, Where was Anthony Scaramucci's uh, career prospects a week ago when we did Tribcast? He had just been hired, right? I think so, yeah. We've done Tribcast longer than <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci was in his job, I think, actually. Or they just feel like it's 10 days. Right? Have you asked him to be on the Tribune Festival yet? I, I'm not not going to tell you that, actually. <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you notice we didn't o- announce the opening session. <laughs> Your negotiations I, with him? I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that the opening session is Anthony Scaramucci or O.J. Simpson. Well, so <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't you Anthony go see Scaramucci. one or the other of those? Or both. When's OJ out? OJ, don't don't, don't introduce fat. You're like Gardner <laughs> Selby. Don't don't fact check me, bro. Okay. And that is our fact checker, political yeah. reporter Patrick Speedtech. Hello. Good afternoon. And executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. How did I get here? I'd break, <laughs> o, I'd break OJ out of jail. I'd do some escape from Alcatraz shit to get OJ at the Tribune Festival. You know that. <laughs> And you can't okay, go no, if you I'm don't ready. buy a ticket. I, I want to see I this. You do it, fine. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready to buy my ticket. Right. So we will talk about the festival later. All right, fine. And then you can break the news of who's the opening session. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll give OJ tweets. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how I want to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I want to talk. We're at the halfway point of the special legislative session. Uh, Woo. I, I know. <laughs> it's been super exciting. <laughs> That's a party hash. Like a limp. <laughs> right. Well, I know that's what you guys have been thinking about. Most consequential thing that happened this whole special session is that Jeff Leach proved he could grow facial hair. Isn't that right? <laughs> he kind of looks like the evil Jeff Leach now. <laughs> oh, are you watching the Twin Peaks uh, revival? He's like, this, like, like the B- Jeff Leach in the Black Lodge. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, we're not, not watching that. Nothing I, I'm trying to watch. It's kind of like an art installation. Well, that's a whole other conversation. It's yeah. not really a TV show. Well, the, 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 special, the special session is such a non-thing, it's, right? Yeah, it's, you know... It's like a rerun of issues that we saw in the regular session. It's uh, the regular session in miniature. We've already talked about this. The, the Senate went yeah. really fast. The House is going really slow. 
the governor is, you know, as governors are, sort of powerless as they, you know, you can start them and you can stop them, but you can't do really much and of anything in the middle. House and didn't like the bathroom bill in the regular. House doesn't like the bathroom bill in the like special. It. House didn't like school choice in the regular. House doesn't like school choice in the right. special. None, none, of the, right? none of the leaders in this thing moved the ball in the time between the regular session and the special session. I mean, you kind of well, look at it and you say, what changed? What have you been working on? Who did you talk to that you weren't talking to before? What's the new thing? Isn't Strauss just playing defense? He doesn't have to move the ball. Oh, my God. You're going to get a call from Embry like, during, <laughs> during the TribCast for saying that. Well, well, I, think, they, I yeah. think they are and they aren't. They're trying to get that school finance bill done. That's true. Um, you know, And they would probably argue. In fact, I got an earful of this this morning. I mean, you, they would argue that you know, that's consequential and that they're they're trying to do that and that that might actually, in in their minds, yeah. lower lower school property. He back. would argue he's playing offense and that the, right. he's playing the offense in a different sport. Yeah, he's playing <laughs> offense on items that are right. legislation that's not explicitly related to the proclamation from the governor. Well, the school finance thing is. Overlap with some topics, yeah. Right. You know, so, the, you know, the one issue that looks like it's or the two issues that look like they're going to come out, you know, differently – just by the addition of time, are the sunset bills that they've got to pass, mm-hmm. and property taxes actually looks pretty healthy right now. Well, you know, and the, maternal mortality. Maternal mortality just kind of right. ran out of time. It was unanimous in both houses. Right, but they, the point is they're yeah. going to get it done. They're mm-hmm. going to get some things done. They'll get it done. Uh, I'm not. Do you changing. think sunset and property taxes represent a change from the regular? I think property taxes. You know, if they can get a property tax bill out, that'll be the one they brag about. You know, that when they come out of a session, that's the one that you know. I did this. Even if you're a total buzzkill about that issue. So that leaves right. like yeah. 16 other items on the call that are just yeah, not Yeah, the 20 for 20 thing is, you know, regressing. And, you know, it's not helping much that the governor's spitting at House members and senators who aren't going along. I mean, this morning, they're uh, Sarah Davis and Lyle Larson and a, and a pack of other House members laid Bi- out. Bipartisan. Yeah, bipartisan. Laid out a bunch of ethics bills including, um, you know, some that the governor doesn't like. And, you know, they came back saying those guys are just showboats. It's like, come around later for your vote on one of your 20 for 20 things. You know, send them, send them a copy of Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Which we'll have to see. I mean, we're in the middle of this week. We'll see if Abbott's kind of public tone changes. If you recall, he started out the special session uh, with some pretty hot rhetoric vowing to make, or at least leaving many with the impression that he wanted to make a daily public list of lawmakers who opposed gonna do that and his agenda. Gonna, there's going to be no place to hide. Right. right. Yeah, and then, and then in the two weeks since then, he's dialed back the rhetoric a little bit. In interviews, he said that he believes the House is taking his agenda seriously. There is he, a place to hide. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he finally released the list that everyone was anticipating and ended up being only of the people supporting the uh, the agenda items. Obviously, you can do your math, but he didn't, who, who's not supporting them, but, uh, you know, he didn't include their names in those news releases. So he dialed back the hot rhetoric a little bit, but now you're seeing, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe this week it's swim, sw- swinging a little bit back in, in the direction of, of prodding people. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be making some media rounds later this week and we'll be able to get a, a better feel for his temperature as things are getting So he's calling for 20, 20 out of 20, right? He's still got the 20 out of 20 stuff. That's his... I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, what percentage chance do you put at all 20? Oh, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> we, all 20. Percentage. This? No, I'm serious. <laughs> what this. percentage <laughs> chance? Let's just lay it out, man. No, what percentage chance of all 20 passing? Zero. Zero. So you think? Uh, zero. I'd say zero. Zero. One. I'll do one. I'll be the outlier. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that one. What do you want to bet me that your one percent bet is yeah. crap? Come on. I don't think you understand how betting works. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I do. Um, no. Look. This is the thing. So, the governor's not going to get twenty for twenty. Right. And then the question only then becomes: What portion of the twenty 
is he willing to accept, declare victory, and not bring them back? I think one of the areas to watch right now, um, obviously, you know, Ross mentioned property taxes. There's been some encouraging movement on that as far as Abbott is concerned. But his education agenda within this special session, I think, is where right now is an issue that he uh, really cares about and is encountering some serious resistance, largely as expected. I mean, the, the two main items that I think headline that agenda are this teacher pay raise of $1,000 and uh, the vouchers for special needs students. Obviously, he put another, a number of other education-related proposals on the call or you know, kind of made reference to them on the call. But those two items, which I think he's been the most vocal about, or at least he was the most vocal about um, in his press conference announcing this special session, those items, I think, are, are really uphill climbs. We know all about vouchers in the House. And the Senate and can't even get pay raises out. The Senate stripped the teacher pay raise proposal out of its bill that was going to purportedly include that. And I believe- Is that it, because of the unfunded mandate aspect they couldn't, of it? They couldn't agree on uh, the funding source. Yeah. Um, and then right. yesterday, I believe, in, in the House Public Education Committee, the House's teacher pay raise proposal being carried by Travis Clardy encountered some resistance. And again, I think it was over concerns. It's an unf unfunded mandate. I think those two items, the teacher pay raise and vouchers, have the same chance as the witch under the house at the beginning of The Wizard of Oz. I think those are both <laughs> yeah. dead. Feet are curling yeah. up. And Travis Clardy is, is wearing right. striped yeah. shoes. And then, right. and then yeah. I guess the question is, you know, what, you know, what is Abbott willing to take on education? of all the different proposals that are out there, if not those, mm -hmm. and still be happy with one special I, I'm session. Gonna, I'm going to stick with my earlier statement that Abbott benefits on the teacher pay raise simply for having proposed it and put it, in, and put it on the call. Sure. Because he can say at the end of this session, right. if it does not pass, I was for increasing teacher pay, and those jackals at the legislature didn't do it. Right. Now, the degree to which he try, tries to use that as a, as a club or a, a, a weapon of some kind against the legislature, we'll, we'll see. To the extent but I think that, that as a political issue, as no a political po opponents. but as a political <laughs> issue, it's a really good, well, there's that bar owner, right? <laughs> that, this, as, as a political issue, wow. uh, yeah, right. Uh, it's not a bad issue for him to have to be able to say, I wanted to increase teacher pay, and they didn't, even if it's basically right. bullshit. So before the special, and then right after the special started, Abbott and his people, as we reported, were saying, you know, we're going to go after the people that don't support our agenda. I think they said we're going to get involved in primaries. Is that right? They didn't explicitly say we're going to Ish. get involved in primaries. Abbott right. has since said on the record himself in interviews that he expects to be involved in both primaries and, and general election races. Um, you know, one thing that has certainly come true, I think, is that they have definitely approached this, uh, you know, uh, special session more aggressively um, than they did the regular session, and Abbott is emerging as more of a public voice during the special session than he was during the regular <clears> session, <throat> but it absolutely remains to be seen how they're going to follow through on some of the insinuations that the suggestion that they're going to be in, you know, involved in uh, supporting people who supported them and opposing people who opposed them during the special session. Well, so I want to ask Ross about that, because Ross has the benefit of being uh, the longest uh, that's where you called me old again. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was trying to, I was fumbling yeah. around from yeah, my thesaurus. Yeah. Right. Um, so how's that work exactly? So Byron Cook doesn't move the bathroom bill through the State Affairs Committee because he's explicitly said on the record saying, volunteering it to the world, that he is for a version of what Chris Patty passed during the regular, but nothing beyond that. Ron Simmons at our event on Monday said as much that Chairman, Chairman, Cook has, floor, yeah. Chairman Cook has committed to giving the hearing, but we don't expect it to get to the floor. People in leadership don't support this bill. That's how this works, was effectively Ron Simmons's 
shrug at this situation. So what does that mean? Does Abbott then go up to, to a Corsicana and campaign for the fruitcake air running against a... <laughs> it's just fun to say fruitcake air, isn't it? it? Is, fruitcake magnate. Man, I love it. <laughs> Mogul. I love it. So does he campaign for Will McNutt? Does, is that what, is that, what that means that Thomas Abbott gets in a primary? Could you imagine Abbott doing that? Endor- I, endorsing a, a challenger to an incumbent? And, you know, if, if Abbott does that, I mean, he's made a decision to – that would be an a, amount to a decision, I'm going to run for Patrick and against Strauss. That's throwing into that race. That's, Are you aware of any time that this has happened in the past where a governor has come off the sidelines during a Well, it's not unusual primary. for a governor to come in and say, you know, this person right here messed up my thing. But if this person right here messed up the thing and it was kind of the will of the leadership and not just, you know, some somebody acting alone. Right. You know, if, if if Byron Cook was off on his own island, you know, doing crazy stuff, maybe. It's easy to endorse. And you, might, able, and, and you might be able to go into that with the complicity of the speaker. This one, you're going at the leadership. You're going. That's a straight shot. That's at the, the point. I mean, it's easy to endorse Ava Guzman in an uncon, effectively an uncontested race. Right. Right. As he for did in 2016. Yeah. yeah. It's hard for you to say, okay, I'm I'm mad that Lyle Larson is attempting to pass these ethics bills and is showboating or whatever else. And so if some you know, Empower Texans-backed challenger to Lyle Larson. I'm going to get in that race, and I'm going to support this other— I mean, isn't it hard for him to do that? Well, you just mm-hmm. got to look at every one of those races one by one and say, what would be the implications of getting into this race? How's that going to be read? What else does it mean? Who else am I attacking as collateral if I attack Byron Cook or if I attack Lyle Larson or whoever? Cough, cough, the speaker, cough, cough. Cough, cough, right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the problem. And it, the other problem is whether it would do any good anyway. The only two campaigns that the governor actively got involved in last time were for Wayne Smith and Doug Miller. And I think How'd Kyle, that work out? I think Kyle Biederman and Briscoe Kane are both in the legislature. Right. Correct. And he got, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Leave I want to <laughs> pivot to uh, D.C. right now and reminder to our Facebook viewers, uh, post your questions in the comments and we'll try to get to them. Uh, I know... Evan's been really excited about this story. Uh, the speculation on who's going to replace uh, John Kelly at the Department of Head Homeland Security in D.C. We've heard Mike. We assume Michael McCall was going to be in the running because he was on the short list last time. But well, Bloom- he's the chair of Homeland Security. I mean, it didn't take a rocket scientist or a you know or anybody to, to go. Well, he's probably a candidate. So let's right? talk about resume building here. If you're Michael McCall, is that a good move? Do I think it's a good move? Hell no, I don't well, well, think it's a good Before we get move. to that, just <laughs> Bloomberg announced, reported today that Rick Perry is also on the short list, apparently. So let's talk about resume building. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I, I think Rick Perry is not as bizarre a choice to speculate about for this job as, you know, jackasses on Twitter who don't know Rick Perry from... I you could know. argue that Rick Perry uh, is at least as qualified for Homeland Security as he was for energy. I mean, you know, he's yeah. more. been he, involved he, in he, a lot of that stuff as he, governor. He, 14 you know. years governing the state with the largest contiguous uh, border contiguous to Mexico of any state in the – I mean, I actually think that you could – that's not like – A leap. Crazy, that's not like, you know, we're going to make Tom Brady the <laughs> chair of Homeland Security. Oh, that might be interesting. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 but I, 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 if you're McCall, what's the, where is the upside? Well, yeah. <coughs> Perry's at least already. In, <laughs> well, no, I was going to say there's. Well, Perry's you know. already in the administration. Why would McCall go into an administration that is essentially a dumpster aflame, at right. the moment? Well, and the thing is, right. I, for even Perry, energy is this very low-profile position. 
why would you want to even go more high profile in this administration when that just gives Trump more opportunities to undermine you with a random tweet? Right. Mm. I think that, you know, I understand all the reasons why McCall uh, would not be suited for this or would not be interested in this. One of the counterpoints you can offer, and I've, I've mentioned to some people, is that John Kelly and his role at DHS showed that you could actually, if you know, if you're the right person for the job, you can actually run the department with, you know, relatively little drama. There weren't any big scandals or dust-ups between John Kelly and, and Trump during well, the opening for the months. Re- except for the refugee ban. Right. Yeah, yeah, DHS was involved in that, not in a, a legal way, but in an implementational way, which never... I'm just, not sure, I'm just not sure right. that that, that, yeah. that rollout of that, which was had a, sure. a DA, yeah. DHS component, I mean, you know. Yeah, I guess some of the, some of the shrapnel from that uh, <laughs> that I, controversy may have hit DHS. I think right. Speedtech is saying in the context of the Trump administration as a whole. In the grand scheme of things. In the low six, six months. Exactly. Right, yeah. DHS yeah. was pretty right. controversy-free. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, what does McCall want? He, he, I think he's, you know, if we learned anything from his last flirtation with this job, it's that he is absolutely looking for a step up. I believe his committee chairmanship is expiring soon. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, he was openly campaigning as far as I, as far as my perception went for this job when it was, uh, you know, first in front of him back during the transition. It seemed like something he really wanted. Um, something well, he'd that, rather be attorney general, though. Does it help or hurt or if you're else. if you're if your ambition is to do something electoral later, whether it's AG or governor or U.S. Senate or something like that? Does it help or hurt to go from where he is? I mean, you know, which is the better which is and, the better launch pad? Well, in a normal administration, I, I would think a congressman <laughs> I, I, you would— You just disqualified <laughs> everything you're about to say. Yeah. A congressman would look at a post in the cabinet as a way to get executive experience if you were to run for higher office like the presidency <laughs> down right. the line. I don't know if Michael McCall is running for president or has those kind of ambitions, but um, I, I imagine in a normal administration that would be the, the, the thinking. There might be some you know, inclination here among these guys to be the— to have the appearance of the reasonable voice in the administration in case the top comes apart. You know, sure. If you're Rick Perry and they start looking around for, you know, who gets to sit in that funny-shaped office, you know? Yeah. If you're the, uh, what is it called? <laughs> if, like, everyone in the president dies. You're is this one of the asteroid movies? I was the guy who wasn't there when the asteroid <laughs> hit. Mike McCall, the Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> yeah. of this administration. The guy, who, the guy who stays home during the state of the state address. What's the name right. of that? Designated survivor. Yeah, yeah. Designated driver, is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> one, this, that's not a bad acting in this case. You know, one, one thing we should mention, too, is that one of the, the biggest forms of resistance to McCall the first time around was immigration hawks or border hawks, these immigration hardliners who Which, believe that. Well, and the t- grassroots, I mean, right? And, so like, right, yeah. You could argue right. Perry's going to have that same problem if he were to— or a similar problem. You know, when the, when the rumor of McCall's name uh, for Homeland— popped up the first time. I think Joanne Fleming put out a release that just had the letters GTFO on it. Uh, the, the, I don't think the Tea Party yeah. particularly likes Mike McCall. They think he's not conservative enough. Let's just stop and consider a world in which Mike McCall is a liberal but or perceived as a liberal, right? Yeah. right. But uh, there is that, right? There was a yeah. question of, oh, I think actually I, I got that wrong. In fact, it was not when he was being considered for Homeland. It was when it was talk of McCall challenging Cruz. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. right. Um, but I expected there would be some of that, right? I mean, look, also, if you're McCall and you want to come back to Texas and do something, again, be attorney general or whatever else, potentially, right. there is a legitimate question to Patrick's point about whether this is a good route there. Some executive experience, yada, well, yada, yada. Partly yada, you right. don't know whether the backsplash is going to land on you. I mean, you well, don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know. Any, you don't know. I mean, I think at this point, this has been kind of a backsplashy administration. Back, back up a step. If you were a member of Congress, Mike McCall or anybody else, and you want to run for statewide office in Texas, you have to overcome the problem that nobody in 35 congressional districts has either 
voted for you or probably even heard of you. You got to build well, a somehow reputation. Ken, somehow Ken Paxton got over that when he ran, and yeah, but people in thirty of thirty-one Senate districts hadn't heard of him either. It's just it's just been a problem for returning members of Congress and, get and getting a higher profile. You know, even if it's you know by walking close to a dumpster fire might be helpful in that sense. Yeah, except. Um, might be warm over there. It could be that you become Homeland Security Secretary, and the reason everyone in the state knows you is because you were involved in this crazy thing that Trump announced that you had to implement or deal with. And it just seems like it's a huge, a lot more potential downside than upside. It's fraught. <laughs> Let's just say. Oh, and just uh, so, and Perry actually uh, went to bat for Trump on a security issue just last week. Uh, he uh, He was touring a air conditioning manufacturer in Texas, and our own Jim Mallets was there and asked him about the transgender military ban. Uh, and Perry said, I totally support the president on this. <laughs> then Jim asked about um, the statistic that uh, the military spends more on uh, Viagra than uh, gender reassignment surgeries. And Perry said, you know what? I don't check on the price of Viagra, which is my favorite quote of the week. What was interesting about Perry's comments, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see all of them. I just saw what we published. But he seemed to focus on the the issue of the cost of gender reassignment surgeries right. um i didn't hear him necessarily at least in our story defend the ban you know which well, is, he said he totally supported trump's right. decision which was i mean right. it was tied yeah. to the surgery but then the he cost. seemed to immediately pivot to the gender <clears throat> reassignment surgeries which is mm -hmm. right yeah perry's team player right which is amazing given Two summers ago, he was calling Trump a carnival barker and a cancer. Well, and, and actually, uh, Colton Parker of the uh, Texas Observer today retweeted, uh, in reverse, re retweeted Trump attacking Perry during the primary as knowing nothing about the border, which is interesting when you consider Perry uh, <laughs> being floated for Homeland Security. So there's always a tweet. You know right. that. There's if you're a, looking yeah, right. for a tweet, there's a tweet. Subject? Somebody, you know, somewhere there's a database. Yeah. Oh, I think multiple. Well, it's called places. Twitter. I think yeah, multiple yeah. places there's a database. Well, so, and. Um, Let's switch back to Austin and Donna Dukes, who had a pretty eventful day yesterday by doing nothing. <laughs> right. Sometimes inaction is a decision, right? And she, so what happened there? She was offered a, I, you know, I guess it's a plea deal. She was offered, although it wasn't a plea deal because there was no conviction I, I in it. I think it was basically, the DA we, basically we, won't, said, we won't pursue if. Right. right if so she's that. been indicted by a Travis County grand jury and will face trial in October Unless and and the DA said we're going to make one last offer with a deadline. If you will resign from your office, pay I think thirty five hundred dollars in fines, and also agree to um, drug and alcohol testing, um, we'll drop these charges. This offer expires at the close of business on Tuesday. And the announcement yesterday was it's the close of business. The offer has expired. We are preparing for trial. Um, and, you know, um, Dukes has maintained all along that she did nothing wrong, that she's innocent on these charges, and that she's going to fight, 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 and may even run for reelection. So, you know, basically she walked past a very public offer that would have ended this but also ended her political career in favor of going to the fight in October and, you know, kind of seeing where that leads. And, and the fact that, correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception is the fact that the DA was so public about this, spoke to every reporter I think who called about it basically, um, tells me that behind the scenes things have really, really broken down. I mean, to the, <laughs> right. the, the to, to the point that they have to, you know, resort to going so public about it she, and she issuing had, statements. She had two lawyers pull out on her right. and say, basically, we don't want to be her lawyer anymore. Um we, you know, well, I was interested to see do you know who her lawyer was. Her lawyer released a statement yesterday. It's Renee Olivetta. Well, it is now. Her that, two but, lawyers but, but, were, but is, were is on that this. normal? But sidebar, 
Is that normal to have a member of the legislature ser- serving as a lawyer for another member of the legislature who's it's in weird. some legal peril? It's, it's, can you think of another time when that's happened? I wondered about that. It's weird. I can think of other times when they've when they've consulted. You know, I mean, there's always a couple of three. But he's criminal like he's lawyers. like the, he's like the lawyer. He's a good criminal of lawyer. record, he's right? He's an Is established he not? criminal lawyer. I don't know if he's a lawyer of record on this yet or not. Well, he put Last out a release I, with his name on it. Last on thing her I saw yesterday, yesterday was he hadn't actually taken that filing yet. But you know, she's she's um, getting legal advice from you know friends. Uh, Look here. It, sometimes the simplest explanation is the correct explanation. She thinks she's innocent. She believes that she's right. innocent. And so why would you take a plea deal if you're not guilty? It's, well, the reason I make this distinction is short of a plea deal because, you know, usually a plea deal is if you will plead guilty to a misdemeanor, we'll release you from this felony. This basically says if you'll do quit. these things, we'll drop the whole matter. Yeah, we're not asking you to plead guilty. We're just asking you to quit. Right. And what's right. kind of remarkable is so it's almost a, exactly a year ago, Dukes announced I'm not running for re-election. She said she cited health concerns. Right. Then right before the session started in January, she said, never mind, I'm, I'm staying. And everyone I talked to in the Capitol basically assumed that she realized if I quit, I have no leverage with the DA. And if I don't quit, I will get a deal like this. And then all the charges, like every, everyone I talked to thought. So you don't think was, it was about vesting or was there something about that was pensions? A, that was a side vested? thing. You know, if you stay, if you stay into January, stay into the beginning of a new term, you get well, she was always, year She said, pension. I was going to, I'm going to resign the first day of session. Right. So that, that, I don't think already, that was the yeah. issue. The issue right. And so there was all speculation on why she changed her mind. And I just talked to a lot of people who just assumed she's just waiting for the DA to offer something in exchange for her to quit. And that's why she's holding on to this. It gives her some, uh, uh, gives her something to offer. I also, and so I'm just, when this came up, I was kind of surprised that she didn't take it. I also saw a fair amount of conversation yesterday about, you know, what the, what's the DA doing? You know, is this a special deal you can get only if you're a member of the legislature? If I'm accused of something, if I offer to quit my job at the Tribune, are you going to, you know, okay, you, you can, I don't go do, for it. Do, drop the charge. I don't do plea deals. I'm just saying. That's the mean, only you know, you're still it here. It looks like a special deal for a legislator who, you know, anybody else in this situation would be if found guilty in deep doo-doo. And, and they're getting an out that's not available to everybody else. You know, for example, all the other state employees who might or might not have done incorrect things on their expense accounts. She had a comment yesterday to the statesman that was incredibly bizarre in this context. I think Kent was it a comment other than Sean Collins Walsh can kiss my butt? Was it? Well, she said she said to Ken Herman uh, in response to the news of the plea deal, did they give Paxton a deal? (laughs) Which is an interesting uh, line of thought to inject into this entire uh, ordeal. I don't. I honestly don't even know what it means. But I'm sure he sent flowers after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to understand what point she's trying to make there, and. It's a tough one, but in two months there will be a trial. So you know, <laughs> I, I really basically believe, we go to court in a couple months. I really believe that she and... thinks I'm innocent. Why would I take a deal? Right. And I'm going to do everything I possibly can to let the system play work out. itself out, play out, and prove that I'm innocent. Right. The direct quote was, have they offered Paxton a deal? Just so we can be as okay. accurate as possible. Not that we know well, of. Well, <laughs> and we have a question from Facebook, which I, I think you guys know the answer to. Will Dukes lose her pension if convicted? I think the answer well, is no. Didn't Van I think the Taylor is, pass a bill this no, year? No, I think that, the answer is no. I think the Van Taylor bill, I have to go back and look at the wording. I believe the bill said for crimes committed after the start date of this bill. Right. So any allegation that began before the start date. And they do that often in the legislature so that you're voting about the idea instead of voting about right. you know that thing in, in, involving that person over there. So I don't think she's affected by that piece of legislation. Future situations like this, 
you know, everybody's going to have to consider right. their pension while they're talking about whether or not to take their plea deals. <laughs> that was a good question. Uh, so uh, last but not least, big news this week. We dropped the initial schedule for the Texas Tribune Festival with some yeah. big names to come. Uh, Evan, who shouldn't we miss at the festival? I, I think you should see everybody. I think you should clone yourself. And <laughs> Who do we start with? Um, the opening session. It's not OJ. It's not Scaramucci, um, <laughs> as uh-huh. I've, I've said previously. Um <laughs> Look, uh, the festival is in its seventh year, seventh iteration of this. Wow, this amazing. It's amazing. Um, 250-plus speakers over the three days, 60 hour-long sessions, 10 tracks of content. Um, and it's got everybody from John Cornyn and Ted Cruz to Steny Hoyer, the number two Democrat in the U.S. House, Governor Steve Bullock of Montana, the rare successful red state Democrat considering running for president probably on a campaign uh, effectively, that is, I know how to talk to real people, uh, <laughs> as opposed to most Democrats. Um, how many people are in Montana? That's a heck of a base for a that's national. Probably campaign. about as big as San Angelo. I don't know. Right. Don't know to, yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, uh, panels, and basically, I'd say I'm on that. Is there are three big themes that converge and diverge within this, but there are three narrative through lines of the year that we're in right now. One is municipal governance how cities are run and who gets to decide. That's obviously been a major topic of conversation at the legislature and around Texas. And so we have a number of discussions on things like local control, of course, big city policing, uh, municipal uh, uh, finance, uh, pensions and property taxes, and whether cities have their economies belly up or or not. We have a lot of mayors coming, have right? Have a ton of, well, the six largest cities in Texas, six of the 20 largest in the country are in Texas, and the mayors of all six of those cities will be on the program at some wow. point. Um, we have a uh, another track that is all about a year one of the Trump administration trying to make sense of the last year and what it means for Texas on a whole ho- and, and for the country candidly on a whole host of issues. Trump and Mexico, Trump and ethics, Trump and the resistance, Trump and the institution of the presidency, Trump and Congress. And then we have I love this because it's obviously something that we care about a ton. But I think if you walk down the street of uh, of a big city or a small town these days, a lot of the civilians will come up to you and go, I'm really interested in the way that the uh, you know, tax on the press and you know, the role of the press and the evol- uh, evolution of the relationship between politics and the media. And so we have a whole track of content on that and a whole bunch of big national media people coming in to participate in that. Um, if you cared about the 85th session, the uh, regular or special, there's a bunch of programs that are on issues that were big and hairy during uh, the session. Sanctuary cities, maternal mortality, foster care, mental health, school finance, of course, bathroom access. Um, it's something for everybody, I think, and it'll be awesome. Uh, 922 to 24 on the UT Austin campus. And people can buy tickets if they are so inclined. TexasTribune.org slash festival. And if you're a student or an educator anywhere in the state of Texas or out, you get a $50 ticket price, which is a bargain. Such a deal. For all that content. And a race we've talked about a bunch on this show, Beto O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz. Both Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz will be at the Tribune Festival together, not uh, on the same program. The Cruz program is actually Cruz and Cornyn together, which is a big... I think that'll be interesting. It's a big deal. You know, I'm not expecting them to hug it out, as it were. (laughs) Um, But, you know, look, I mean, one of the interesting things about that relationship, one of the many interesting things, is that when Cruz ran in 2012, my memory is that John Cornyn did not endorse in the primary. Right, and when Cornyn ran and had Steve Stockman nipping at his uh, pants leg in the primary, and it was obvious that Cornyn was going to get reelected, Cruz did not endorse Cornyn in the primary. Although recently, in response to rumors that Cruz was briefly under consideration for being AG, Cornyn told reporters that we need Ted Cruz in the Senate. 
You can put that on a mailer if you're, if <laughs> you're trying to reach the, the corn and uh, <laughs> the corn and motor. Or if you're trying to appeal to the grassroots, you could also put it on a mailer and say, oh, John Corn endorsed Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, no, I actually... It's a good I, impression there. Thanks. I, I have a long list of impressions I'll be happy to do for you after the trip. Yeah, so. No, I actually think that the relationship is fascinating, and I'm excited as can be to have that opportunity to talk to them. So. Yep. Yeah. Might just be like a really good therapy session for them. <laughs> we'll just put a couch on stage, actually. Right. Yeah, that should be great. It's good. Well, that's all the time we have. If you like listening to TripCast every week, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Those ratings help us reach more listeners like you. And if you value the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org. Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. On behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Amon. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. You don't particularly care about sports either, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your tone in that sentence was very <laughs> was so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It> was <laughs>